We would like to say a special thank you to Janet Liso for sponsoring this week's episode in honor of Adam Guthmiller's ordination. How wonderful is Christ's power in his saints, that in the hearts of human beings, through faith, he changes death into laughter, punishment into joy, hell into heaven. That is what Christ calls the easy yoke and the light burden. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. In this summer lectionary text, Sarah Stenson joins Kiri Haugen and me to discuss what it means that Jesus is exclusive in stating, no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then, we get the incredibly reassuring verse, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Before wrapping up the conversation discussing what Jesus' yoke is and how we are to take it upon ourselves. Let's get to it. Here's Matthew chapter 11, verses 16 through 19 and 25 through 30. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds." At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. It's Kiri and I talking to Sarah Stenson. Thanks for being here, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so we're um, currently in the heart of Matthew, uh, chapter 11 of, um, actually, chapter 11, verses 16 through 19 and 25 through 30. So we kind of um, hopscotch around. A little bit. A little but bit. can you tell us a little bit of what's going on here? Yes. Because so it kind of dives right in. It does. It Kind of like halfway in a conversation uh-huh. or something. So... The context for this is John the Baptist is in prison, and he'd sent word to his disciples to ask Jesus, is Jesus the one they've been waiting for? And Jesus answers that by saying, go and tell John what you see and hear, etc., etc., the poor have good news preached. 
So then Jesus turns to the crowd and talks to the crowd. And this is actually where this text now in Matthew 11 is picking up as Jesus is talking to the crowd. So that's who he's addressing in verse 16 where we start, but to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace, calling to one another, um, etc. And and so Jesus is saying here in verses 16 and 17, basically comparing um, this generation, the people he's running into, comparing them to children who basically just don't want to play a game. So this is not a favorable comparison, and we're going to hear how not favorable it is in verses 18 and 19. Hmm. Okay. So in verses seven, in verse 17, is that Jesus speaking or is that someone else? Um, he's, it is like children saying, we played the flute, you did not dance. In other okay. words, you didn't want to play the game. So okay. yeah. A quote within a quote. It is a yeah. quote within a quote. But then he goes on. So in verse 18, this is still Jesus talking, but he's, he's kind of paraphrasing the accusations John the Baptist had heard. And Jesus himself. And so so the accusation the the people were making against John the Baptist was neat, that he was neither eating nor drinking. And so they say he has a demon. And then the Son of Man, they say, came eating and drinking. And the crowd says, look, a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, mm-hmm. our favorite two crowds again. Um, so basically um, what Jesus is saying here is there's no uh, there's no righteousness in basically the crowd is going to accuse everyone regardless regardless there's no right way yeah. to do this because John the Baptist gets certain accusations right. Jesus gets certain accusations there's no there's no way through this basically yeah John, yeah John the Baptist did not eat and drink right and then they said that he has a demon which is a kind of a weird kind of mean one two yep. combo there but then right. are you okay? Jesus does eat and drink and then they're like you're a glutton and a drunk right which and, is very strange to to read that to say that yeah. oh wow someone's actually calling Jesus a drunk or a, like right a the accusations like, is, like we all put on our pants the same way sort of thing like are these people saying that they don't eat well what's really so but what's it, and really I know it's happening like, is it's not at all about eating or drinking or what is happening though is again as you said, Carrie, to start, we're well into Matthew at this point. Jesus mm-hmm. has been healing, performing miracles. He's been preaching. So basically what he's saying here is, yeah, accusations are going to fly against myself and everyone who is uh, with me, with Jesus, which, you know, he was certainly right. That is exactly what happened. Okay. And I like that the way that he he ends this string in verse 19, yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Because right. Jesus is the truth, right? So, so yeah, well, he, and it's kind of an odd expression. So, yeah, so what he's really saying there is kind of something like now we would say, this is probably not politically correct now that I'm thinking about it, but uh, something like <laughs> the inmates are running the asylum, mm-hmm. something like that, that it's a... He, when he says wisdom is vindicated by our deeds, he's kind of saying this is upside down, that the the accusations John the Baptist was receiving and Jesus was receiving are are completely flipped. They're calling him names and criticizing for being a friend of sinners and tax collectors, which is what he came to do. So that's kind of what that, he's being called names 
for doing exactly what God had promised all the way back in Genesis 3, he would actually eventually do. And so he's just kind of trying to say, look, this is backwards, kind of like inmates are running the asylum now. That's what that expression mm-hmm. is getting at. Okay. It's it's weird, though, because I get why they're saying that, because it's, it is different, and it's something they've never experienced before. Yeah. Well, f- fair. I mean, in that in that day. It, right. But the they who are leveling these accusations yeah. are the people who don't think they need the mercy of God. Okay. They don't think they need forgiveness. They think they're doing just fine. Thank you very much. And they don't <laughs> like that Jesus is going around turning up the heat of the law and kind of turning all this stuff, the world itself, upside down. The whole right. system mm-hmm. uh, that they lived in and we live in now of the law, Jesus is saying, that's not going to earn you any points with God. Yeah. Which people don't like. Nope. Yeah. But when you get to the spoiler end of the story that Jesus is dies and, right. and come, defeats death and all. Right. He is vindicated by his own deeds, right? Yeah. Like he's doing ultimately, all these things yeah, ultimately true. to die, yeah. but in order to be vindicated. Right. So it's kind of, yet a again, he's... again, kind of a backwards... Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So he, in, in 24, yeah, wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. And then it goes to... Or sorry, that wasn't twenty four. That right. was that was nineteen. Yep. And then we skip to twenty five. Correct. And Jesus said, "I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and have revealed them to infants." Yeah. First of all, can I ask is it is there any significance in why the lectionary for that week skips twenty through twenty four? Oh, I'm sure there is a reason, uh, but I am not an expert on the lectionary. So okay. it's kind of its own little separate thing about specific cities that Jesus names. Oh, okay. So then this just gets back to the meat Correct. of all of it. Okay. Yep. So getting back into the meat of it. Yep. He thanks his, the Lord in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the uh-huh. intelligent, what are these things? Well, this is interesting. So again, now we're hearing, this is in front of the crowd, but Jesus is now talking to God the Father. So I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent. So basically what Jesus is saying here, and we're going to hear a little bit more about what it is that has been hidden, but what he's really saying is, again, this whole, both of these kind of chunks of text uh, for this week are Jesus saying everything's upside down, a complete uh, upheaval of expectation. So what he's saying here is that smart people, wisdom, intelligent people would expect they would be the first to understand who Jesus really is and what he came to do. But it is actually those smart people who are calling him names, making accusations against him. So Jesus is now saying God is revealing his truth with a capital T, Jesus, to the children, the simple, the humble, the sinners, they're the ones who flock to Jesus, not the ones who think they've got everything figured out. Those are the people who want nothing to do with Jesus because they think they have life by the tail. Mm-hmm. And they think they don't they, need him. Exactly. And they don't think they need him, and therefore they actually don't. So Jesus is saying, yeah, Father, Lord of heaven, you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent. Right. Yeah. That's just really interesting that he's like, I thank you, 
for hiding these things from these people. Right. And, and revealing them and, yeah, to, to others. Putting to heads like us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. That he's, he's not thanking God for revealing it. Oh, thank you for revealing it mm-hmm. to everybody. Right. For saving everybody. Like, as we'll get. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a is, very good segue to the next section here. <laughs> It's yeah. like I've been doing this for a almost while. Almost like you really know how to move it to... Okay, so verse 27, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. So I obviously was emphasizing the exclusive wording there. This is categorical, and the no one is absolutely crucial. No one knows the Son except the Father, no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. So, so it's Jesus, like A plus B equals C, B plus C equals D, but you can't have A, A, A equal D. D. No. And, okay. This is another way of saying the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus is saying here. And I just nutshelled it. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is saying the only way to know God the Father is through Jesus Christ. So when you think about it, what he's really saying now is, what do we know about God the Father then? Mercy, Mm -hmm. forgiveness. That is what Jesus Christ actually reveals to us. That's what God the Father wants us to know about him, finally, ultimately, through Christ. Mercy. Isn't that so, everyone today still, like I think it's the common thread that everyone just assumes that God is this tyrannical, uh, wrathful, powerful, like being of the Trinity, yet he's literally telling you here, I I am mercy. However, that's true, but God is also a God of wrath. And that is what Luther calls the unpreached God, the God we will not know, the God we cannot know because God does not want us to know. And so Luther says you run from the unpreached God, the God of wrath, you do not know, to Jesus Christ, preached, revealed God, which is mercy. So that is exactly why Jesus goes on to say in a very familiar couple verses here at the end, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens. Well, guess what those heavy burdens are? Sin. Yes. Death. Life, stress, anxiety, mm-hmm. worry, despair, doubt. The list goes on. The list goes on. That's when that's what Jesus is saying, come to me. I like how you're emphasizing that too, because he's not he's not saying, Go to my father. He's right. saying, come to me. This is exactly, which is, it does go back to that unpreached and preached mm-hmm. God, the hidden and revealed God. Come to me, Jesus says, when all these things are attacking you and you are carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Hmm. Well, this is Jesus saying, when that happens, when you are being attacked by by sin, by doubt, anxiety, stress, worry about politics, I mean, you name it, there is no peace, no relief from that attack, except the rest, the peace we actually have in Jesus Christ. That's why he's saying, come to me, Hmm. run to me, 
and there you will find rest. You will find peace. The law will finally stop attacking and accusing only when we have Christ's word of promise in our conscience or in our heart. And now we know, to move it from kind of the abstract, that happens in a really good sermon. That happens in preaching. It happens in the sacraments of baptism and Lord's Supper. It happens in confession. And then that absolution, in the name of Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sin. That is actually coming to Jesus so we can receive his rest. Yeah. And then that theme continues on in verse 29 and 30. Yeah. But I, I do want to talk about what, uh, take my yoke upon you. What does that, what does that mean? Because yep. I think the verse That's 28 by word. itself is mm-hmm. incredible and very yeah. easy to understand Yeah, um, and gives you a lot of peace. But then you, some people might get derailed with this idea of a yoke and yeah. that seems old timey. Yeah. And, and what does right. that all mean? So well, t- let me just read it quick. Yeah. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, mm-hmm. and you will find rest for your souls. For my my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm-hmm. So first of all, a yoke. Do you know what a yoke is? Mm-hmm. You know, part like of the an big, egg. <laughs> no, not part of an egg. This is Y-O-K-E, not Y-O-L-K. <laughs> okay. Y-O-L-K is the egg. This yoke, Y-O-K-E, is like you put on oxen or, you know, farm animals, you know, the big thing that goes across their neck so they can pull. Mm-hmm. It's that big, heavy piece of wood or whatever that goes across the back of a team of oxen. Oh. So then they are the ones who go pull the farm equipment. That's a yoke with an O-K-E, yoke. Okay. So that's what no, he's saying. No, I did saying. not know that. Oh, I'm really glad you asked them. <laughs> Good. So uh, first of all, we have the question, of so what is the yoke of Christ? Mm-hmm. And it is actually the forgiveness of sin eternal life, salvation. That is the yoke. So the yoke of Christ um, is actually finally to be put to death by the law and to have it forgiven. So when the Holy Spirit functions to give us faith, peace, and then we actually have that confession of actual faith, God is God, I'm not, all those things. This is actually, though, this the idea of take my yoke upon you, Learn from me. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's actually what Luther calls the happy exchange because the happy exchange is Jesus is taking our sin from us and giving us in exchange with what Luther calls the the bridal ring of faith. Jesus is actually giving us his eternal life, peace, salvation, that's what's happening. That's what Jesus is getting at. This is actually where Luther got it with this, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, that, et cetera. This is part of um, actually what it means to be a Christian. So Luther actually has a beautiful passage on this, uh, on this specific verse. And he says, how wonderful is Christ's power in his saints that in the hearts of human beings through faith, He changes death into laughter, punishment into joy, hell into heaven. That is what Christ calls the easy yoke and the light burden. That is bearing the cross with joy, just as Paul says, we boast in our sufferings, etc. So this is not saying um, 
when you have faith in Christ, when you have Christ's yoke upon you. It's not saying your life will be without suffering and without pain. You will have suffering and you will have pain. Mm -hmm. What that is saying, though, is that does not have the final word over you. Jesus Christ and his forgiveness does. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Sarah Stenson for teaching us that Jesus is exclusive. The only way to know God is through the revealed God, the preached God. It's to receive God's mercy and peace through Jesus Christ. We also get that beautiful assurance No matter life's burdens, stresses, anxieties, doubts, worries, Jesus will give you rest. You have this rest in Christ's promise. That peace is delivered in preaching, in the sacraments, in confession, and in the forgiveness of sins. In the name of Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In Luther House of Studies podcast, Sing to the Lord, Zachary Brockoff, Lars Olson, and I break down a hymn's history, lyrical meaning, and the way it preaches the gospel. Click on this episode's show notes for a link to Sing to the Lord's podcast feed to take a deep dive into your favorite hymns and discover a few gems you may not have heard of before. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, God is glad to grant you His mercy. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.